Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. We want to thank you for tuning in. I am the host, 12 Kyle. want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this is what we call the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Going to be NBA heavy. Uh, and we also have a guest. Uh, before we bring our guest on, uh, you know the usual suspects. First up, the bat, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's up, Kyle? What's going on, Ken? And our special guest. I think this is the first time we had a young lady on the show. Yeah, first I, time. I think first this is the first time. So first this is like, this is great, man. This is like history in the making right here. First time in five years. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what took so long, but. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know either. Uh, next up, the bet is, is the uh, the guy who ran the show while I was out on vacation last week. My man, Ken. Ken, what up, man? Yeah, this is your captain speaking. Oh, um <laughs> Hey, did you hey did you peep last week? I can't had the uh, scene from uh. I did, I did. Yeah. I was sitting on the beach in Hilton Head, <laughs> and I'm listening to the pod, and it's like I I got it in my headphones. So then, like as you guys were talking about stuff on the podcast, I'm like, no man, you got to be crazy. And so my wife is looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I'm listening to the podcast. She was like, yeah. Oh, I was like, dead end. I was like, that. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> so i listened to all of it man it, it was great great job and q as always does a good job feeling in man so yeah ken, ken did his thing and i think you guys did a good job of keeping ken in check i know you kept you kept hitting me up too like man keep keep ken in check yeah, you please. gotta keep him in check man because he you know he, he goes in these tirades and stuff man and he's just out of control man but what's going on ken chiller man head spinning with all of the news that that's um Coming out today, man, I, I think the NBA is doing a great job of turning themselves into a sport that's like year round. And that's what we're like in the midst of, of, of seeing happen. They're trying to be like the NFL. Oh, definitely. So. It, it, it's almost like it's a 24 seven news cycle. Um, also, as I mentioned at the top, joining us is for the first time, our guest host. Uh, she is a friend of the show. Uh, and as B mentioned, the first uh, young lady to join the Dead End Sports podcast. She is an actress. And if I'm not mistaken, she's also here in ATL as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Miss Starlet, Starlet Hill. Starlet, how you doing? I'm great. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to be going back and forth with you guys. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely, yes. definitely, definitely. Well, as I, as I mentioned before, it's the place where sports opinions collide. So don't hold back on your opinions. Um, I won't. Trust me, I won't. <laughs> All right, so let's get it started, man. Um, like I said, it's going to be NBA heavy. Uh, we were alerted, I think it was uh, Sunday or Monday, uh, that Paul George announced or let it be known to the Indiana Pacers that he was only going to play with the Pacers through this upcoming season and he would be leaving uh, for the 2018 season. Um, now, he told the team that he intends to leave and be, become a free agent. 
uh, and that he's not going to re-sign. He said he would prefer to play for the Lakers. Um, B, I'll start right here with you. If you were the Pacers, where would you trade him to, and where do you think he's a good fit? I mean, okay, so this is what I think. Okay, if he goes to the Pacers, it's definitely going to be for a long term because, like, if he goes – I mean, if he goes to the Lakers, I'm sorry. If he goes to the Lakers because he's pretty much in the same spot. If he, if he goes to the Lakers this offseason and they play with that lineup that they got with the addition of Lonzo Ball, you're pretty much in the same – you probably won't make the playoffs, even though he made the playoffs in the Eastern Conference with Indiana. But I think you got the same kind of level of talent over at, at Lakers, so I mean, yeah, short term it's not going to be good. Of course, they're going to make room, you know. For, uh, I think they're going to make room for Boogie, uh, for uh, Boogie uh, Cousins and Russell Westbrook. I think that's going. I think Lakers are going for that big three in in, in the next two or three years. Um, so the Paul George is just the first step for Magic, and then I think that I think the year after that, that's when uh, Boogie Cousins become a free agent. They're going to try to get him and Russell Westbrook and two two LA two LA dudes that's going to be playing for their home. For their home city, mm-hmm. and uh, Boogie Cousins is going to be the icing on the top, man. That's that's what I think is going to happen. That's where I see the Lakers going. So yeah, I think it will be long term is a good fit for him. Short term, I'm like, well, dude, you not even you you know you're not going to compete if you go to the Lakers, right. Um, right? Or if you get traded before the trade deadline, because now that he mentioned this, to the, you know, now he publicly said this. At this point, if you the Pacers, I'm like, well, let me try to trade and get something for you then, because I don't want you to just walk after the season, walk away, and we don't get nothing for you. You right. know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I mean, and then of course we were talking. I think we talked about this last week. Him playing for the Cavaliers, I think it's an okay move. Just the fact that him, LeBron, and Kyrie Irving are all ISO ISO type players. So it's like we're like Ken said. Ken even said this. Lou needs to implement a system. So especially if you got three guys as ISO ball, you gotta you gotta implement some type of system offensively. And Lou hasn't got that yet. Um, but other than that, Cavs and Lakers are, are the only spots I can possibly see him going to that makes sense. Um, maybe Boston, because I think Boston was trying to make a splash for him too. Um, him and uh, uh, Jimmy Butler. But yeah, it's just like Lakers is just good for short term. But that's what I think was going to happen with the Lakers, man. They're going for that big three. So do you do you see a situation where <clears throat> they would trade him prior to the draft or prior to the season, or do you think it's a, or do you think they? Meaning Indiana let him, you know, open up the season and then they try to see what happens during the season. Yeah, I I think if I'm Indiana, I would do that. I would wait till when the season come, you know, starts, and of course before the February trade deadline, and I try to work up some. I try to talk with GMs and owners then and see what I can and see what I can muster up, man, that can put me in a position to where I won't be looking like stu- looking stupid like the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> You know that stupid trade they just made. Um, right. So yeah, I would if I was Indiana, I would do that. I would I would I would prepare myself to get ready to trade Paul George off because I'm just not gonna let him walk after the season for nothing. Okay, okay, Starlet, what about you? Uh, like I said, Paul George, he's basically told him, "Look, I don't care what y'all do. I'm out of here uh, for 2018." Do you think that they're gonna trade him? And if they trade him, where do you think he would go? I really think. Um... I do think they're going to trade him. I do think it would be the smart move. I kind of see him pushing towards the Lakers just to sort of start fresh um, right now since Kobe's gone. Um, they have a whole new lineup where they can really work to, like, build up a team, especially if Lonzo's coming in. Um, 
I think that would be the smarter move opposed to the Cavs. I would really, I just do not want to see him go through the Cavs, um, especially with not knowing what's going to even happen with them. But that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, I do see the trade happening. Um, I do think they'll wait later on, though, and sort of see how the season plays out and hit it before February. But he's definitely getting traded somewhere, especially since he already made the announcement. Like, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's going to be prior to the season or prior to the draft? Um, or do you think they'll you know try to... You mean do you think they're going to do it before Thursday? Mm-hmm. Nah. I think they'll wait. Okay. I think they'll hold off to see what the lineup comes to. Okay. okay. And then do it. I, I think... Uh, I'm a little surprised that Paul George uh, came out and said this. Uh, because normally you don't see teams or, or players kind of make this type of... Uh, this type of stance, um, especially prior to the season or prior to the draft happening, it's usually something in season. I think, but here's the thing: I think Paul George making it known that LA is where he wants to be. He's from LA. We mentioned that. It, once you have your heart, particularly a player who has some cachet or has some, you know, some pull, a guy like Paul George, once he makes up his mind that that's where he wants to go. And, you know, we heard the rumors of him possibly being traded this past season right before the All-Star break. And, you know, the Pacers didn't do anything. Now the Pacers, uh, they're, you know, they're caught between a rock and a hard place because now you, you know you're not going to get full value for for him. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you have, to, you have to do something. I would not be surprised to see something happen um, prior to the draft. Uh, I, I think it's going to be L.A., the Cleveland thing sounds good, but there's a couple of things that I think where we would run into issues with Cleveland. And I think because, first of all, Paul George and LeBron play the same position. So right. you would have to move. And, and, and we're assuming that Kevin Love would be the odd man out. Uh, so you would have to one – of, one of the two of them would have to play, you know, quite a bit of at power forward. And both have been reluctant to play the power forward position, you know, particularly – uh, these last few years, and they've been open and talking about it. Um, and secondly, and I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about it, but I think, you know, Paul George, and we heard his comments after the, you know, during <laughs> during the playoffs this past, uh, past playoff season, where he talked about, hey, you know, I got to get the last shot. I want the last shot. He wants to be the man. And he's been the man on a, you know, pretty, on some pretty good teams, but he's been the man. I don't know if he necessarily wants to come to Cleveland and play third fiddle because he's not necessarily playing second fiddle to LeBron because second fiddle is Kyrie, you know? So I just, I I don't know how that would, I don't know if it's, it's a great fit. And I think he sees a team like LA who has some assets. They got some cap space, you know, he can go to LA and be the man, get paid. And then, you know, like B mentioned, Subsequently, they can make a push for a Boogie Cousins or, or Russell Westbrook or maybe even a LeBron, you know, in a in a year or so. So, I, I I see him going to LA just because that's where he says he wants to go. I kind of feel bad for the Pacers because you know they're left holding the bag. They have to do something at this point. I feel like the Pacers are gonna. <laughs> they're pissed. I oh, they I would be. be pissed. Like they have to be like. Right before the draft, everything's getting figured out. Now they have to run around, figure out what they're going to do last yep. minute. If they do do it before the draft, that kind of switches up everyone they wanted to bring into the draft. So, I mean, he's definitely put them between a rock and a hard place for sure. Um, I I definitely think he's going to go to um, the Lakers, though. 
Yeah. Like, I just, and then, who else? There was another team that, the Hornets, I think it was, that was also interested in him, like, putting in a bid, and I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I don't see that, foresee that happening, but who yeah. knows, maybe him and Harden would go good together. He He's at a position where he's going to command uh, certain things to happen, and, you know, it's, it's a foregone conclusion because again, he's from LA. He's made it, he's let it be known that that's where he wants to go. You know, let's just say he could make, they, they could make the trade with, um, with Cleveland. You know, do you really want to, I mean, Kevin Love only has two more years left on his contract. You know, do you want to pair him with uh, the miles kid and kind of rebuild? Jeff Teague is, is going to be a free agent. Somebody's probably going to pay him a lot of money to get up. So they're really going into a rebuilding phase. Uh, as you all know, Larry Bird just stepped down as the GM, uh, president, so you know it's a lot of holes to fill. Man, yeah, I forgot completely. Forgot about that. I mm-hmm. forgot about stepping down. Yeah. Man, yeah, Indiana about to be. Ooh, they 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 stuck in a rocking pain in a hard place. Right. Oh my God. They, they, they're gonna they, have to completely uh, rebuild. Yeah, they're gonna have to because I don't know. I forgot. Uh, I forgot what uh, Montiela's contract is looking like. I, I think and he. I think he might be up for a resign. I think next season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Ooh, Indiana about to be jacked up. So yeah, you right, you right, Starter. I think I think uh Indiana pissed that he made that announcement. Right. Yeah. Right. Especially just like coming out there and saying it. And where is the pace like where is Indiana in the lineup for the draft anyways? Like what what number pick do they have? They they're definitely gonna be outside that sixteen because, you know, they made the playoffs. Unless unless they got someone else's like trade, you know, from but Yeah. I mean big trades are being made as we speak. So who knows what they're doing? Like if I was them, I would start trading up so that I could get a closer, like a higher draft pick. Yeah, they better start with this is the perfect time to start wheeling the dealing. Now that you know now that you know what your star superstar player is going to do right. You better start wheeling and dealing at this point. No doubt, no doubt. Also joining us is the homie FIFO. The FIFO, homie what's FIFO. up, man? FIFO, what's up, man? Yo, 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 what's good? Uh, FIFO, yeah. we're just getting started, man. We got uh, Char- uh, Starlet on the line with us as well. Um, and Ken mysteriously dropped off. I think he, said, he just texted us and his computer <laughs> crashed, so he'll be back on in a second. But uh, B and, and Stalin and I were just talking about, uh, you know, this Paul George situation. So I'm going to throw it to you, man. Paul George... Basically told the Pacers, hey, I'm out of here in 2018. Um, he said he would prefer to play with the Lakers. If you're the Pacers, where would you trade him, and where do you think he would fit? Man, um, you know, obviously a, a player of that caliber could fit anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely a superstar in this league. From the Pacers' perspective, if you're going to kind of blow it up a little bit, you got to get some talent in return. Before Larry Bird left, he said that the Pacers market is not a market that you can just completely blow up. They're too small of a market, so you definitely have to give some value in return. That best value is going to definitely be Cleveland with Kevin Love. There's not going to be another player that you're going to get in return. Other teams are definitely going to want to give you draft picks. But I don't think you can get better talent than Kevin Love. So to me, I think it works on both ends because Cleveland needs another perimeter defender if they think they're going to beat Golden State and possibly keep LeBron James in Cleveland. So I think it's a good move because you have a rental in Paul George. Mm -hmm. LeBron technically is a rental. And then you have a trading chip in Kyrie if you just don't win. And those two guys decide to leave. Right. So I think it's a win-win scenario for both teams. The only problem is, is that Indiana's also going to want picks. Of course. 
And the so, Cavs don't have any picks to give. And they don't have any picks until 2021. So they're going to have to get a third team involved to get Indiana the type of young assets that they're going to also need for this rebuild. He's made it clear, man. He wants to go to L.A. Um, if I'm Indiana, what do I do with him? Yeah, I mean, if he wants to go to L.A., I'm trying to move him to L.A. and, and get what I can um, in, in return for him. And that makes the most sense. Paul George is a unique talent in, in this league, and people forget how great he actually is. Like, he has KD-level talent, and he will be a great fit on Indiana because, number, I mean, on Cleveland because, number one, we know the offense won't just disappear when LeBron goes on the bench. And he's a far better superior player than than Kevin Love. He can get his own shot. He can score damn near on any defender out there. You literally, when he's on, can't stop him. We've seen this guy go absolute berserk against Miami and against a lot of elite teams. And he wants to be the man. And that's what you want. So if you're L.A., that's the kind of guy you want coming to your organization. You want a guy with that Kobe mentality coming to your organization. And with Magic there to mentor him, it it just makes sense. So if I'm the Pacers, I'm going to honor this man's request. And in return, I'm going to get draft picks back because I need to rebuild. And that just makes the most sense for me. Now, I would love to see him go to Cleveland. Right. But But I don't – Yeah. Well, from the Lakers' perspective, are you really giving up the number two pick to get Paul George when you could just sign Paul George because you have the cap space? No, I wouldn't so, do that. So but I if can I'm, give Magic, the- I'm not giving up the number two pick. I have the leverage. And I think that's if- what they've been reluctant upon. Exactly. So, so I don't think that the Laker move is going to happen, at least not via trade. You, you'll just trade him to Cleveland for, for Kevin Love, who may or may not want to be there? Like Larry Bird said on his uh, on his way out, Indiana's not a market that you can completely tank. You're going to need to get some value in return. Who else is going to be able to provide you better value player for player than Kevin Love? And he's going to be there two years minimum. And if you don't if he doesn't want to play right or he's not playing well, you can still flip Kevin Love for future assets to another team. That may want his services. So to me, Kevin Love is the better play because you have him for a little bit longer. But then if you're Cleveland, though, why would you make that move when LeBron could possibly leave next year? You still need a guy to build on. So not only will you lose Kevin Love. I guess you must have not heard what I said. So no, no, I came on late. Okay, so 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 it's a win-win for Cleveland because LeBron is technically a two is a one-year rental as well, right? right. Him, and, him and Paul George. So if both of those guys move, you can also trade Kyrie, right, and get future assets in return and just blow it all the way up because Kyrie is extremely valuable. GMs have called about Kyrie, so so you he know want to be there. So what, what was that? No, nah, he doesn't want to be there. He already said if LeBron leaves, he, he's out. Exactly. Yeah. Can you so, blame him? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. Right. Exactly. You know what, Ralph? I, I think thinking about this a little bit more, we've seen what Kyrie and Love looks like without LeBron on the court. <laughs> so you kind of know you're not going to win games anyway. So maybe 
but we've also have a history of Cleveland not being able to make great draft picks. They got one right, and LeBron was a no-brainer. They got Kyrie right. Everybody else, they messed up. So they was right on I, Wiggins. I don't know. They were right on Wiggins. They were, but that was easy though. Okay, so let me let me throw this scenario out to to you guys, and I'll, I'll start first with Starlet. Let's say let's just put Paul George. Let's say they do an even swap and they get Paul George for for Kevin Love. How much of the gap does that close between them and Golden State, even if it's only for just one year? Oh, winning it all. Go, Go ahead, say it. Going to the. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because Durant was on fire. This, I think. I think it'll be a go to seven for sure. Mm-hmm. It won't be like this series at all. Um, I think LeBron's pissed and he's not going to lose to them again back to back. So I'm pretty sure they would win it all. Um, and I mean, it'd be great if they had a series where they went one straight. I mean, I'm not a Cavs fan at all. But I think it would probably be the best move for the Cavaliers, especially with like LeBron possibly being on his way out to get that city one more big win before he does, because everyone's going to be pissed when that happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, if it's those two teams again, which it probably will be fourth year in a row, God, give us something different. But <laughs> if it is those two teams again, I think that would be the best move for them. It really depends on what the other role player guys off the bench is going to do. Cause like, right. I think people said it, you know, at least with LeBron on the bench and now you have some type of offensive threat still, or, you know, some type of offense going on where you, where you can trust someone getting buckets when LeBron is on the bench, because we've seen this year when LeBron is on the bench, they look lost. They look like they just don't know how to score a basket. Unless Kyrie had his <laughs> hot streak modes, you know, whatever. But with Paul George there, I can definitely see him stepping up to the plate and saying, you know, Brian Bet, you 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 rest for about eight eight to ten minutes. I got you for these eight to ten minutes, and we gonna still be in this game, or or we gonna get back in this game because you know what you know what Paul George is gonna bring mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. He's a, he's a good two way player. People right. people people sleep on him on the defensive side, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, Paul George get them a step closer, but I still don't think it would be enough. You know, Golden State now is 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 they 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 are year in now. They got more chemistry. But right. Paul, like I said, Paul George would definitely give LeBron some rest this year because there's no way LeBron at this point in his career should still be playing damn near forty plus minutes. You know, it shouldn't not not at this point in his career. I think it pretty much uh, closes the gap. If if you ask me, I, I think the only thing that I feel they will be missing would, would be a system, an offensive system, but. You got a guy that you can give the ball to. You got a third guy you can give the ball to and say, go get me a bucket. You can give the ball to Kevin Love and say, go get me a bucket. And you have a guy who was used to being the number one option on the team. He was the man in Indiana. So it's nothing for him to step into a situation here to uh, come to Cleveland. And, and really, it would take so much off of LeBron offensively LeBron can really be like a playmaker because you got a guy that can close games for you you got a guy that statistically hasn't hit a lot of big shots late to win games or tie them but he's unafraid of the moment but you have Kyrie Irving so you don't necessarily need him to do that but Kyrie Irving you know 
well, yeah, you have Kyrie Irving, so you don't necessarily need him to do that. He can play defense on on Kevin Durant. You're not going to stop him, but you got size that can match up with him. Um, you know, he's he's probably just as quick. So, and you got a guy that offensively can go back at Kevin Durant as well, and has a, a and and basically he's a flat out scorer, man. So I think it would give them another option to compete with them, and you have a, a third closer on the team that can go get it done. And under LeBron's mentorship, the way that he's been mentoring Kyrie, I think will help Paul George take his mental game to another you level think, as well. You think Paul George needs to be mentored by LeBron? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got to learn how to win, though, Ken. Yes, absolutely. Because think about it. How far has – uh, Paul George has gone. Like he's gone to the Eastern Conference he, Finals. He's got a commercial him. with him shooting a game-winning shot, and he's never made one, to my knowledge. Mm. Hey, but I mean, but, but so I, yeah, I, I get your point. I, I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. I th- I think it's closer, but I still don't think it's enough because Cleveland will have three guys that can uh, pass, catch, and shoot. Golden State Golden State still has four of those guys because Tristan is not that guy. Right. So I think it brings them closer because, again, they needed another wing defender. I know that there are rumors of Jimmy Butler going to Cleveland and he's already talked to LeBron and Kyrie about it. And I like him better as a fit for that team. But if we're talking about beating Golden State, they need Paul George because they need another guy that they can throw at KD. And you and KD still going to score 30. It it, it just is what it is. But we just need. Another guy that can take some of that pressure off of LeBron having to guard him at this stage in his career. No doubt, no doubt. And it, it remains to be seen. And for those of you listening to this podcast, uh, by the time that you hear this, uh, who knows? He could have been, he might be traded. He's been traded. Right by the time this happens, because as we've seen over the last 24 hours, the NBA news has been fast and furious just before we came on to uh, record this. Uh, Jimmy Butler informed the Cavs that he would not be interested in coming there. His intent is to stay with the Bulls and help them win the East. And he said he would not be, he would be reluctant to resign a, you know, to, to stay there beyond a year. Um, oh, Christmas comes early. Atlanta Hawks traded Dwight Howard uh, to the Hornets. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> like, what? It's like a lot of stuff going yeah, on. It's man, crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> She said, wait, what? I am so no. right now. No! Yes, Dwight Howard is not an Atlanta Hawk anymore. One season. But that was like a five-second... <laughs> no way! Trade him for basically for fish heads and rice. Um, you tripping. <laughs> they did. Uh, they traded him for the 31st pick uh, to the Hornets for Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and the 41st pick, according to published reports. Um, wow. so Kyle, I've defended Dwight Howard here and there, but th- this guy's a serious cancer. Um, and I, I, yeah, no, he is. He is. Um, I, I don't think he understands what he has become. Like, I think he still sees himself as that guy, and you're just a guy. He needs to understand that. You know, you're talking about working on a three-point shot, this, that. But you, you, you don't got post moves, right. and that's your position. So what What are we talking about here? And you, you still want to be featured in the offense. Man, rim run, set picks, change shots, because you ain't blocking them like you used to. Right. You know, just, just 
you know, he's just a cancer. And I think by getting rid of him, you know, Kyle said he's not a Dwight Howard fan, so anything that we get back. But the Plumleys are good big men, right? We know that they're solid. And when mm-hmm. you system like the Hawks, you don't you don't need a dominant like big man. Obviously, mm-hmm. you need a focal point of the offense. But Plum, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Mason? It, who? Who? who, who I, I can't remember which plumbing they got. I'm sorry, but um, you know he's gonna do exactly what Coach Bud needs him to do. Um, and then they also got Marco Bellinelli. Like he's a good shooter. It was Miles Plumley. Miles Plumley. Miles Plumley. And you know now they got Marco Bellinelli. He's a good shooter. Not great. Used to be you know one of the top tier, but he's at least decent. He's serviceable. He's gonna get you minutes. Um, and then you still you know you drop ten spots in the second round. So it is what it is. Like it's 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 cool. It's a good move. You got rid of a cancer. That and 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 whenever you look at trades. And it looks kind of one-sided because Dwight Howard still is a big name. It's it's other reasons outside of basketball. So for them to get yeah. other things back for that, hey, is the cost of doing business good move? I love Howard, and I was really happy that he was in Atlanta because I actually got to go to a game and made me want to cheer for the Hawks. I like. I went to the Celtics Hawks game. It was awesome. I love seeing him play here. So the fact that he's moving again, like I just sent out sent out that tweet that he's <laughs> that's so funny that he's about to have as many teams as he has baby mamas, and it's kind of true for real. For real, he keeps oh, hopping around. This is his third team in three years. That was so hilarious. That was hilarious. Right, but mic. for real though, like I was like disrespectful, but I mean Damon Wayans did write it, but like for real, like this is. And for a while, I was hopping around with him. Like, for a while, I was diehard. Dwight Howard, wherever he went, that became my team. That was all through high school. That was all through college. And now I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted. Like, I can't keep moving with you. But when he came to Atlanta, I was excited. So the fact that he's leaving again, I'm like, I'm done with you. We're over. I break up. I'm not a fan of Dwight Howard. So anything that could get Dwight Howard out of town, I was all for um, we rebuilt. We, we are rebuilding here in Atlanta, so I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm I'm cool with that. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Millsap may be gone because he may or may not resign. So you know, I'm I'm okay for starting over. It's it's about time. But anyway, we're not talking about the Hawks tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> moving on to the next topic, uh, the Boston Celtics traded the number one pick, which is something that you rarely see. Uh, they moved down two slots. Uh, to the 76ers. The 76ers are expected to take uh, point guard uh, Markel Fultz. Um, so I'll throw this out there. FIFA, I'll start first with you. Did the Celtics – a couple of part questions. Did the Celtics make the right decision? How good do you think the Sixers can be? And who do you think the Celtics are going to get with this draft pick? Okay. Um, the Celtics made absolutely the right move. This is why you stockpile assets and young talent because it gives you flexibility. And all Ainge is doing is just flexing his muscle and flexing his NBA know-how right now because I think he's out GMing pretty much every GM right now in the, in the NBA. Um, so he definitely won. And what I think Philly can do with Markel Fultz He's the guy, or Darian Fox. I just think that they need a wing score to balance out the core group that they have established there. I've for years I've been telling, I've been advocating, I've been praising Joel Embiid, telling you guys he was ready day one, and we saw it for 35 games this year. Hopefully, if he could play 60 plus, this is going to be a playoff contending team. Ben Simmons, I've also said. It. 
on this probe for over a year. Ben Simmons is the guy. He is the guy that the torch is going to be passed from LeBron to this guy. That's, that's, that's where Ben Simmons is. And then to add a wing score that they are comparing to James Harden, I, I, I like him a little bit more than James Harden. I just think he has a little bit more heart. Because, uh, you know, James shrinks in big moments. I I, I don't know that Markel Fultz will do that. But at the end of the day, he's 19. But I know he's talented. And I know what he brings is exactly what that Philadelphia team needs. So I love that pick. I love the aggressiveness by Philly to complete to start to complete the process because you also have Dario Saric which they traded Ursa Ilyasova so he could get the minutes because he was just playing that well so they also got Robert Covington which is their two-way guy so really they're just missing their starting two once they get that they will be a complete team at least in the starting lineup they still got to build out that bench I still think that they need to trade Jaleel Okafor but great move by Philly and he's going to be a, a perfect fit for them. The Celtics, I think, should take Jason Tatum. Okay. And the Dude. reason why I say that is because if you look at where the NBA is going, and I've said this, you got to have a guy from 6'7 to 6'10 with some length size that can play both sides of the, of, of the court. And that's what Jason Tatum is. So I, I like the move if they do that. I also like the move if they flip it for a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George because that's exactly what they need on that team. So whether they draft that in this draft and think about the future, because I don't think that unless they, 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 they get Jimmy and Gordon Hayward, that's the only way you could potentially win the East. But unless that happens, I think you need to be planning post LeBron because it's pretty soon, especially maybe in the East, because we don't know where he may go. So if you draft a young team, then when the time is right, then they can compete. Um, yeah, I think that was the right decision, man. I think once uh, Foles went to that workout and had a great workout and, and a good rapport with the rest of the teammates, man, I, I saw the writing on the wall. Um, so I think that's great. I think now you got somebody that's back there at the guard position with Ben Simmons and then someone that can also take some of the ball handling skills away from Ben Simmons at times, and he can also score. So I think that's dope. I think Celtics at three – I would dang Josh Jackson, but they already got they already got like enough of players with his size and, and strength already. Um, man, who else is sitting there at three? Uh, Tatum, who, Jackson, those have been the names that they've thrown out. Probably, yeah, probably Tatum. I probably say Tatum. Um, yeah, I say they, they should get him. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think Philly. All Philly need to get man some shooters, man. Philly need to get some shooters. They need to get somebody that's just like a knockdown three. They need to get. They need to get. Yeah, they need some shooters because I don't. I don't. So far that roster, man, I don't see no one that's like a shooter, like someone that can that can fill that three ball up. They need someone that can fill that three ball up, even if it's someone that's off the bench. Uh, let me throw it over to our special guest, uh, Starlet. Starlet, uh, how do you, you know, as far as what the Celtics did, do you think that they made the right decision? Uh, how good do you think the Sixers team could be, and uh, who do you think they they that the uh, excuse me the Celtics will draft? Well, I have actually a question for you guys for clarification purposes. What did they trade for this pick? Because I know usually like bigger trades are made for the first pick, and I'm not sure exactly what they took from the 76ers. Was it like a future year yeah, trade? Yeah, they got a future pick, and then they moved down to, to the third slot. So they switched places. to the third slot. Yeah, and then they, they have a future first round. And I, I want to say this, 
the Celtics now have, I think, three first-round picks next year, and I think two additional first-round picks in 2019. It's crazy. They have stockpiled. And the, the crazy thing about the Celtics are is that the Celtics as an organization, they feel they feel great about the position that they're in, but they mm-hmm. don't feel necessarily pressed to, because, like, they feel like they're ahead of the curve as far as where they should be. And so they're kind of playing with house money because they didn't expect to be this good this soon. So they're ahead of the curve. So they, they're basically saying, well, look, we got we have time. And so they're not in a – even though they made it to the Eastern Conference, I, I don't think the Celtics brass really felt like, okay, well, you know, we're going to beat the Cavs. Um, but they like where they are. And like Ken mentioned, you know, they're kind of setting themselves up for the either LeBron to – or LeBron and the Cavs to kind of fall off a little bit, or LeBron to leave the East altogether. Right. I think, I mean, I feel like where they're at, they're going to be in a good place who I think they'll take. I think it'll be either Tatum or I've also read rumors about Fultz, mm-hmm. um, which is at right now they have him like rank seven, but who knows what will happen. Um, I think either way they do need help, but they have a lot of room to improve. Like this year, I really, really just wished all of that crap didn't happen like during the series with their team because they just went through it mm-hmm. because I would have loved to see them in the finals, but I knew it wasn't going to happen right when I found out they were playing the Cavs. I was like, dang, it's over. But I wanted to see them there at the end. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope they can pull it through with whoever they get and um, get it together because I would love to see the Celtics go all the way. What about the Sixers? How good do you think this Sixers team could be if they draft Markel Fultz with that young nucleus of Fultz, uh, Joel Embiid, and uh, Ben Simmons? I think the Sixers are on their way up. I know they're really excited about the first draft pick and having the possibility to build their team and grow farther. Um, I think right now they're in a building period, so their mind is on the future. They know they don't have it right now, but they're planning and they're working towards getting it together. So I think they'll be in a good spot. I think they're going to get Josh Jackson. Okay. I think that's going to be the guy that that they want, and it's part of the reason why they they made this uh, this move. Um, you know, reports were coming out they liked you know him or or Tatum, but you know if you can trade down and get him and then get access in return, then then why not? Do I think it was a good move? Absolutely. I, I don't think it was a good move. You got assets in return, but I think they're protected assets. And on top of that, from from Everything that I've seen, well, I've seen a couple of things, but I've seen people kind of say that Josh, Josh Jackson was the real deal, but I've seen a lot of people say Fultz was the real deal. And if you're going to put your future into the hands of Isaiah Thomas, then that's great. Um, but if you got a guy at the point guard position that can get it done, then I, you got you to take him uh, in the point guard-driven league that we're in right now. Because you already have Jalen Brown, and from what I've seen, it looks like that guy's oozing with talent. And as he continues to develop and grow, he's going to be a problem. And he's not afraid to muck it up. Like he was all in Le- in LeBron's face. So um, with some more seasoning, I-, I think the guy's going to be pretty good. So for me, you know, if you're building and trying to build for the future, um, I-, I just like the folks move better. Mm-hmm. Than them going after a, another three guy. Philly, I think they'll be. You know, I think they could compete for a spot, but they're gonna have a hell of a nucleus with folks, Ben Simmons, and Embiid. Um, you know, on, on that team, and they basically, if these guys can stay healthy, 
and develop, they can be what we see Golden State is. They they're they could be OKC when OKC drafted a lot of talent. So Ooh. I think the ceiling is the roof for them, man. <laughs> you stupid, Ken. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, it's like the party line right now, man. Joining us now for this segment is no stranger to the show, great friend of the show. He fills in all the time. My boy Q, the six man, resident Philly fan. Q, what up, man? What's good, Kyle? Chilling, what chilling, up, man. Um, so you so heard the question, man. Um, you know, what did do you think? And, I, and we know you're a Sixers fan, so so be unbiased. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think that the Celtics made the right decision <laughs> in trading the pick? Uh, then tell me who you think the Celtics would draft. And then lastly, tell me how good can the Sixers team be since you're the resident expert? I'm going to just be very objective. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what Boston's doing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm very perplexed by them trading them one pick. Uh, every Boston fan that I've encountered, every Boston fan that I know has always maintained that Fultz is like, uh, probably once in every couple of years type of prospect, once every, every, every 10 years prospect for, for point guards to have the potential to get a variety of shots, a three level score, he has potential in defense, and they just loved him. So I thought, oh yeah, the Celtics are going to stick with this pick, and then they're going to build for the future. Because this entire time, I've been under the impression from Boston fans who've told me that, and this is probably the main mantra that they have, is, well, we're, we're building for the future while trying to be good right now. And I don't know if that can happen anymore. Because when you look at what Boston's doing, they have Jalen Brown. They have aspirations to sign Gordon Hayward in free agency. They have Jay Crowder. Now you add them at the third at, at the third pick, and you're saying that you, that I'm uh, um, hearing rumors of Tatum, Jackson. Those are forwards for one team. And two of them capable starters. If you if, if just for the scenario that if you add Gordon Hayward. And you want Jalen to be your future, so it doesn't really make much sense to me why you would trade the pick if you have Fultz at point guard. Because now you have the uh, the dilemma of if you pay a five nine point guard max money uh, coming up next right. year, right? You know what I'm saying? And then you have to make a decision on every make a decision on a lot of contracts coming up. So I don't know what Boston is doing. I'm not going to say it's a bad move for them because as a Sixers fan, I love it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Colangelo reaped the benefits of what uh, Sam Hinkie did. Uh, Sam Hinkie stacked the treasure chest. He, he stacked it for us. And Colangelo, just had to, he had to just cash out. That's all he had to do. Um, the protections on the picks that we have, by, by the way, um, it's a LA pick that we got in the Michael Carter Williams trade, which is protected two through five. So if it lands number one, it stays with Philly. So the protection for that is that if it stays with Philly, they get the unprotected Sacramento Kings pick that we sent to them in 2019. So they get two picks, but really just one. So if on the Philly side of things, this is really what the process has always been about. The process has always been about putting a guy beside Ben Simmons who can knock down threes who can space the floor and can uh, plug guard uh, guards because if Ben Simmons being six eleven, almost seven feet now, 
you know, it's going to be hard for him to stick with guys like John Wall sometimes. You know, so he had to put the point guard, like a combo guard of uh, Marco Fultz in tenure on him. So I'm loving uh, just the fact that we tr- we traded for him. And the fact is that now you have to not just key in on Embiid. You have to not just key in on Ben Simmons. You have to worry about Fultz. And that's going to get open shooters for us. So who do I think Boston drafts as well? In my opinion, they should trade down again uh, because I would just take Dennis Smith from uh, NC State. Okay. Uh, that's who I think they should draft. Who will they draft? They'll probably end up taking a guy like Jason Tatum. Uh, I'm not really high on Duke players in the NBA. <laughs> uh, I just, I just, you know, I just, I, I don't think he plays any defense. He's an ISO scorer. You know, very spotty jumper. He can score, but. Just those guys who are ISO scorers, man, they scare me in the NBA, and I think Boston needs two-way guys. Um, but, yeah, he, they probably do take Tatum, but I think they should trade down to get Dennis Smith. And how good can the Sixers be? This is a very loaded question because it depends on free agency. Of course agency. it is. Um, I think if you add in a guy like a J.J. Redick, which we have the money to sign him to a very lucrative two-year deal, three-year deal, He's 30 years old, and he's looking for money. I think that completes the team. I think we also have enough money to add another guy like uh, from BZ's team, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP. He wants his money, too. We have enough money to sign those type of guys. If we are able to plug in those like wing guys along with Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid, I think we – and this is all contingent on if Embiid can stay healthy. Right. If Embiid can if Embiid can give me sixty games, that's all I need. If he can just give me sixty games and he's not out for the season, <laughs> I think we can get at least forty eight wins, and I think we'll be in the eighth spot or the hey, seventh spot. To hey, be so hey, honest, with hey Q man, I'm I'm sick of hearing this trust the process crap. Now. <laughs> I think this results in about another two or three years. <laughs> and I told y'all three years ago, y'all thought I was crazy, but you know. I like being he right. Also you know, told, he also told hearing us that catchphrase, innovator too. I, I mean, he did innovate, man. You know, he's the only coach to not have any wide receivers, but uh, still, like, you right, know, right, have right. an offense no, in, we, in the top just, five. Just yeah, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Back, but yeah, man. Good, but go ahead. I said, yeah, man. But that's like really what what it is. Uh, I want to give a shout out to FIFO because he's always been the one to believe. I know um, y'all was hating a little bit, but I'm not going to go up too much because we still got to see what they do on the floor. Right. But the future is very much bright, man. I love Brett Brown as a coach. And it's the the margin for error is incredibly like uh, large for Philly because we have so many assets to do things that um, you, know, you can't really mess this up too bad. And also Boston, they have a chance to get a guy like Michael Porter next year, which will be great for them also. So I don't hate what Boston's doing, and I don't necessarily think they know what they're doing really either. But they're really, they're, they're, I think they're really just going through it because Danny Ainge is probably a mediocre drafter at best. So I need to see something. I need to see results for his drafting before I say this is a great move. Because if you see Fultz in like a couple of years turning out to be this like transcendent player, people are gonna look at Danny Ainge like, "What in the world did you do?" You know what I'm saying? Like you had this right here. But yeah, that's pretty much it, y'all. Hey man, as always, Q man, thanks for coming through and dropping knowledge on us, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. y'all. Peace. Be good.
Trust the process. Go <laughs> 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 <Or> Fifi. <laughs> Hey, just he's stupid. Just to piggyback on what Q said, man, I, I agree. I think um, I'm a little. I was a little surprised that they traded the pick, even with the thought of in another year you'd be looking at uh, maxing out uh, the five foot nine Isaiah Thomas, who is a, who is a ball. I mean, it's, he's a thirty point scorer. He plays the same position as Markel Fultz. So, and I'm gonna be honest. And I've said this before in this podcast, and so you know we keep it real on here. I've never seen Markel Fultz play, so I'm not even going to sit. I'm not even going to sit here and act like I saw a whole bunch of you know his games in Washington because those games came on way too late for me. Um, that being said, I know that you know just from what I've seen as far as the clips is that he is you know a legitimate pro prospect. I think um, if Danny Ainge is going to make this decision, and I mean you don't have we don't have anything so far to. Uh, you know, kind of question him on as far as his draft moves per se. Um, but if this kid turns out to be a star and you pass on him, unless you draft Jason Tatum, who I think they're going to take, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be problems for him. And, I mean, these are the kind of moves that can help, that can cause you to lose your job. Uh, but I think, you know, for, for, for what they're doing, I think the Celtics are just stockpiling assets and, and picks and stuff. And that's okay, but I think at some point you've got to cash in on it. Um, and they're doing it slowly but surely. And as I mentioned at the top, I think it's based on where they are, where they think they are as a franchise. So I'm okay with that. I think, like I said, ultimately, I think they're going to draft Tatum. As far as the Sixers, I think this this team, if healthy, could be very scary to be as young as they are. Now, I won't go as far as Q <laughs> saying that they're going to win uh, 48 games and make the Eastern, you know, make the playoffs. Um but the thing that concerns me is that when you look at Markel Fultz, if I'm not mistaken, he had knee injury at, at when he was in school at Washington. Um, ben Simmons didn't play last year, foot, uh, you know, foot injury. Um, and we all know, you know, Embiid, he's been in the league, I guess this is what, his third year, and he's only played like maybe 60-something games. Um, Stay off those rap stages. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's uh, it's – Health, and I mean, like, it's not cool to be young and have these kind of injuries. And, and yeah, they, you know, you you can get around that kind of thing. But a big guy to have foot problems, you know, and we talked about it before in this podcast. If this guy stays healthy, I mean, sky's the limit. He is a bona fide all star probably for the next ten to twelve years. Uh, but he's got to stay healthy, and that's the key thing. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, I think if nothing else, and and FIFA, correct me if I'm wrong, but Simmons and Embiid won't be playing in Summer League, correct? You are correct. They are not playing in Summer League. So we won't get a chance to see them until next preseason. But um, put them on your radar. Um, It's kind of hard to tell what's going on in Cleveland. As we mentioned at the top, the uh, general manager, David Griffin, has been fired. uh, Or he was – his contract was was not renewed. He he actually – will no longer be an employee after June 30th. Uh, yeah, he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. And he, ironically enough, he got fired while trying to work on this Jimmy Butler deal. Uh, now, the Cavs have released a statement, or at least in the, the, the circles, that said that uh, David Griffin wanted more money, and you know Dan Gilbert, the owner, was just like, nah, we're not paying you any more money. And what's interesting is that David Griffin is one of the, if not the, least paid GMs in the uh, in the league. They have the highest, the Cavs have the highest payroll 
in the league, but they're G, but they don't pay their GM basically, uh, according to you know as much as other GMs in the NBA make. Um, nonetheless, and I, t- I text you guys this, I-, I found this move to be strange. For one, they didn't notify LeBron about it. Not that Dan Gilbert. I don't know how. I mean, at this point, we don't know how many conversations LeBron, LeBron, and Dan Gilbert actually have. But from the outside looking in, Dan, uh, uh, Griffin seemed to be the the in-between between, you know, Gilbert and LeBron. And so with that piece being gone, I don't know how much interaction or if there will be any interaction between Dan Gilbert and LeBron James. And keep in mind that in 2018, LeBron James is once again a free agent. We started hearing rumors um, not long after the confetti dropped (laughs) a couple of weeks ago for the finals that LeBron could possibly be eyeing L.A. We know he has a home out there. There was some rumors. There's some rumors that came out today about his wife, Savannah, is very partial to living in L.A. Everybody knows that LeBron has outside interests of basketball and they all involve Hollywood. So all of that being said, um, and it's I almost feel cheap by even talking about it because it's oh, it's already a year away. But these are so many pieces that aren't that don't really seem to be falling in the place of the, the Cavaliers. I mean, they, they're trying to, you know, get guys like Jimmy Butler and, you know, uh, Paul George and LeBron could very well be on his way out the door. So Ken, I'll throw it to you. What do you think is going to ultimately happen? And, and, and more importantly, if LeBron left, how do you think the city would react? Hmm. Um, well, first of all, let, let's, let's, this is a hot mess. Um, I think for me, man, when, when first, when, when I first saw it, and, and there were rumors of David Griffin wanting to leave, Gilbert was, was player hating and didn't want to let him go on any interviews. So he was essentially out there cop blocking. Right. And, and, and only to fire the guy. Now the guy can't get a job. You know, so, um, that's messed up and that's jacked up, but that seems to be the kind of guy that he is. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, I think he knows that it's over. It's over, man. And he didn't want to invest in Griffin post LeBron and, and Cleveland is about to enter a post LeBron era. And Kyrie has spoken up and said he wants out. Um, they're more than likely probably will trade love if they're going to make another go for it. And, you know, Griffin, I guess, essentially don't want to be, be caught like he was last time. I think the city will be okay. They better be okay. He brought him a championship. Right. You know, he came back and made amends for what he did last time when he left. So him leaving actually turned out to be um, a benefit to them uh, in the end. So, I don't think they'll be upset. I would hope that based on the way things are playing out now and with all of the information that's starting to come out a year in advance, they're prepared for what could be the inevitable, whereas a couple of years ago, they were not. Right. When he left the first time, they had hopes and dreams that he would come back, but they were cautious and 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 scared that he would leave, and ultimately he did because he didn't let them know which which way he was going to go. He just held a press conference, said he was out, he's going to go to South Beach. That was it. Um, but now 
you know, they're leaking this information. They're saying this could happen. And when you look at what's going on with Golden State, I mean, you have to be honest with yourself as an organization and as a team to be like, man, do we even really have a shot? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, a lot of a lot of information out, out there. We hear about Chauncey Billups and, you know, they like him and Lou likes him and LeBron will be okay with him, this, that, and the other, man. But LeBron's a businessman. We know that. And we all know, Kyle, you know, man, we, we, we saw what was going to happen when he went back to Cleveland. When the misses speak, <laughs> when the misses speak, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. She said, we're going back to Ohio before LeBron even said anything. We said it on this show. He going back because she said it. I have never, I, I haven't, I don't follow her like that. I haven't heard her talk about LA. This is news to me. But once I heard her mention LA, Oh, that was it. That's all I need to know. Right, right. That's right. all I need right. to know. I don't need to know anything else. Hey, That's I, it. I echo that as a married man. If your wife says, "Look, I want to move," um, you probably gonna move. <laughs> 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 That's just the way that it works. Now, it may not be to where she wants to go because you know I know there was some reluctancy about moving back to Cleveland uh, that LeBron revealed, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you're right about that. Starlet, what about you? Um, it, it's out there on the table. Mm-hmm. We're hearing the whispers again. We know that he's going to be a free agent. They, they, in essence, and, and I forgot to mention, LeBron did send a tweet last night, uh, you know, thanking Griff, David Griffin for the job that he did. And I think his tweet said something like, if no one else, no one else appreciates you, I did like, and, it, and of course that's, he's subtweeting, you know, uh, David, uh, He's subtweeting the owner, you know, Dan Gilbert. Of course. So, um, so my question is, do you think that he will? And also, how do you think the city of Cleveland would react if he did? Well, I've been saying he will since the beginning of the series. So, like, I knew he would leave, especially if they lost this time, because he wants wins. It's it's just embedded in who he is. He wants the W, and that is fine. And I had a feeling that he was just, he's getting tired with having to pull so much weight with the Cavs. So I already felt that he was going to leave. So when you guys told me that it was being hinted, I was like, yes, called it, totally. (laughs) Now, what do I think the city will do? I think the city will be extremely mad all over again. I feel like they really want him to be like Kobe. I do. I feel like they they would want him to almost be like Kobe and just stay. Like, please just stay with us. Like, they've almost made, Cleveland has almost made LeBron their god. And yes, he is giving them warning. It's not like last time. He's doing things much better this time if he does decide to leave, which he will. But I still think that the city's going to be hurt. They're going to be pissed. And they're gonna show it just like they did last time. I, they're gonna be butt hurt. I don't think so I, don't I think, think I think they will. I think they. I don't want think they're gonna be out there burning the jerseys and stuff like that. I don't think they're gonna be burning jerseys and everything. People are always gonna be burning jerseys. I don't care what you say. Which People I don't are understand. always gonna be burning jerseys. They burn folks' jersey, and I he had, he had, that's crazy. No, it makes no sense. You spent your good old money on that. It will be worth something someday. Calm down. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. But it will happen. I, I don't think it'll be like as a big of a catastrophe as it was last time. I don't think the whole city will fall apart. But I do think they are going to be upset as a whole. It, it'll just be a longer fuming process 
been like short and like really angry. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, weigh in on this, man. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, the writing is definitely on the wall. Um, he's going to L.A. whether it's a Laker or a Clipper, because you know, let's not forget Jerry West is ah, now uh, Jerry yes. West is now head of uh, the Clippers. Uh, well, I think GM or or basketball operations of basketball over at Clippers, and we've we've all know what Jerry West is able to do once he once he's in that position. He he's made some good moves. He's he he know how, he know how to whip a team in shape. So I know his first task is to keep try to keep Chris Paul up at Clippers. But yeah, I think LeBron. I think the writing is definitely on the wall. Um, he is he's not going to remain the Cavaliers after this 2017-2018 NBA season. Um, regardless if they win championship or not, uh, I think he's still going to be out of there because, like Ken said, he wrote in the letter. He pro- he he came back and did, and he promised what he was going to do. That was win a championship, bring a championship to Cleveland. And he did. Brought him their first championship since 1964. Uh, if he leaves, and and I think Star just said it, he's gonna leave on better terms. It's not gonna be no unexpected decision. I think I don't think fans gonna be upset, but I don't think they're gonna be the same amount of upset as they was when he left in 2010. I, I don't. I, I doubt that. But yeah, he's gonna be out of there. It's just a matter if he's gonna be in that purple and gold or that uh, white, red, white, and blue. Okay. 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 FIFO man. <laughs> Here we are again, man. It seems like we've talked about this, and and I'm sure we're. This is not. This won't be the last time that we talk about it, uh, especially we as we head into the 2017-2018 season. But hey, man, what do you think? Do you think that he would actually leave the city of Cleveland? And if so, how do you think they would react? Look, all I know is that Cleveland better be grateful. <laughs> Thank you. They Thank better you. be. Man, how long has it been since you had a championship? Man, you better be like, yo, bro. Since February the 32nd. There you go. There you go. The 32nd. So, you know, like, like, look, man. Look, man. Look. Y'all just ain't. There should be no burning of the jersey. Right. Nothing. There should be none of that. All you could do is just say thank you, bro. Because, look, man. what, What type of fan base would you be? That this guy, he brought the whole state a championship, and, and, and you can't be grateful. Man, that would suck for Cleveland. That would really suck. But uh, where does Braun go? I think I think he needs to go out west. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he should go play for Pop. I, I, th- whoa, I think that's... Whoa, I didn't... I, what? Pop? Okay. I, I, I think... Here, here's the thing. Right, like, of course, L.A. sounds nice, but at the end of the day, you got to win the chip, right? If LeBron leaves the East, the West is going to win championships for the next 10, 15 years, right? Or, or, or favorite two. They're going to be favored to win for at least the, the next 8 to 10 years. They're going to be favored to win. So if LeBron goes to San Antonio, He's not going to lose any more finals because he, he if, if he doesn't beat Golden State Warriors, he won't make it. But if he makes it, it, it should be a cakewalk, shouldn't it? So you get to play under Greg Popovich, which is the best, the best coach. You get to play with Kawhi Leonard, a guy that can definitely guard Durant. And you already know Pop is going to turn something into nothing into something. He's going to drive somebody that's going to be like, wow. I, I didn't know you was going to be this. Just like you did with Kawhi. Just like you did with everybody else that, that, that he's had through that organization. Right? So, I think San Antonio, 
from a basketball perspective, would be LeBron's best move. Okay, okay. I I did not hear that. I didn't expect that answer. Okay, uh, you 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 got some points there. But um, hey, but hey, FIFO, but if, FIFO, can you imagine? Because has has the Clippers organization ever won a championship? No. Nah. Can you imagine like what that dude? How much that would add if he go to L.A. and like say if Jerry West put together this nice squad out in L.A. and he won a championship for the Clippers, that would be kind of nuts. That would be kind of crazy. Like just that, for that to him to add that to his to his legacy, you know what I'm saying? Brought Cleveland championship. Now you went to Clippers. You went to the step the step brother of the of the Lakers, and you and you won them a championship. Like that'd be crazy. Yeah, I, I would be. I don't know, man. May call me crazy, but Uh-oh. I just didn't <laughs> think that I would. I didn't think that we'd be having this discussion about LeBron leaving Cleveland again, and not, not that he owes the city of Cleveland anything, because like you said, people, if anything, they should be grateful, because we all know that Cleveland has, you know, they haven't won anything, or they didn't win anything prior to him getting there, um, and he's done more than enough, and and they've gotten more than enough warning that he may be on the first thing smoking out of there. Um, with that being said, I just, maybe it's just, um, and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a Cavs fan. I, I would like to see him stay there and fight the fight. If, if, if that's what he wants to do, um, Tom will tell if that's what he wants to do, but I, I would like to see him stay there. Um, but I could, you know, with the relationship that he has with Chris Paul and, you know, he's talked about, you know, with the possibility of playing with Carmelo and Chris Paul. I could see him, you know, being in L.A. with the Clippers or the Lakers and playing with his friends and, you know, just kind of riding off into the sunset in, in that fashion. Um, it's still, the banana boat crew? <laughs> yeah, with the, with, with the banana boat crew. Uh, it's, to be honest, it's still a little surprising to me, though. Um, you know, but with the dysfunctionality that's going on with the Cavs right now, I mean, at the end of the day, can you blame him? I mean, like they don't have a GM in place. You know, they're talking about bringing in Chauncey Billups and and whomever they bring in, it doesn't sound to me like they're going to consult with LeBron about it. So, you know, if you have the guy who was the conduit between ownership and LeBron, and now all of a sudden he's gone and, you know, you just have these issues. I just, I don't know. And, and again, we're on the outside looking at it, so we don't know how good or how bad it is for LeBron in Cleveland as far as how he deals with with management. Um, how the city should react, I'm pretty sure the city's going to lose a lot of money. Um, but they should be grateful. <laughs> Nonetheless, they should be extremely grateful because, you know, he's made them relevant. And no matter what happens, even if they never win another championship, the one that they got is special, you know, because they beat the all-time greatest regular season team, and they did it in comeback fashion. And, and you know, that's something that, you know, even the most diehard Cleveland fan will be able to tell their kids and their grandkids about what they witnessed uh, LeBron James do. So, no, nah, they, don't, they don't have a reason to be mad. And they damn sure shouldn't be burning anybody's jersey or getting upset or taking down murals. Because he not only has he done a lot on the court, but he's, he's probably done more off the court than he has on the court uh, with his uh, scholarships that he's paying for kids to go to college and things of that nature, his uh, donations and things of that nature. I, I mean, like his list of accomplishments off the court will one day supersede what he's done on the court. Um, so he's talking about opening charter schools and things of that nature. So, no, nah, I 
you you can't and all of this is being done in Cleveland and Akron, Ohio area. So, no, nah, you can't be mad. You you can't be mad. You you have to kind of just tip your cap and thank him for the years that he gave you and hopefully, you know, he comes back that one day and retires as a Cav and, you know, have his jersey hanging in the rafters and the whole nine, but nah, you can't be mad. You just can't be mad. Uh, you are listening to the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, this is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners in crime, Beasy, FIFO, and Ken. And tonight we have a special co-host, uh, Starla Hill. Um, speaking of LeBron, uh, LeBron <laughs> had somewhat of a war of words with uh, your man Draymond Green. Uh, LeBron said that you know, according to him, he had, quote, never played on a super team. Um, Draymond Green took the microphone at the uh, parade ceremony when the Golden State Warriors won their uh, title uh, just last week. Uh, he chastised LeBron by saying, you know, let LeBron, quote, created the super team. Um, so, FIFA, I'll start right there with you, man. As far as super teams, man, do you think that because this is somewhat of what we've talked about for, you know, for the better part of this podcast, uh, you know, who can we get? Who can you put here? Who, which guy can go there so that they can form up a formidable task to take down this Warriors team? Um, so, in essence, we've kind of been talking about super teams. If you're putting a guy here or a guy there and taking this guy here and putting him there, um, do you think the super teams are here to stay? Super, super teams were here from the beginning. What are we talking about? I think that this is the biggest misconception about NBA basketball. There has always been super teams. The difference is, is that now the players decide which teams are going to be super. That's the only difference. You mean to tell me that those Boston Celtics teams of Larry Bird were not super teams? Was that not a super team to you? Mm-hmm. What, were, were, were Magic Johnson's Lakers not super teams? Those were su- some super teams. So so it, it's been here for forever. Just now the players have more control of their destiny and where they decide to play. That's the only difference. But the thing is, is that we have not seen the amount of talent on one team that Golden State possesses because the NBA game has evolved and it's different. And all of these old heads talking about, oh, you know, we would have swept the back. Look, <laughs> look, 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 man. Look, man, these boys got some talent out here. But LeBron did not create the super team. The super team has always been here. I think LeBron created the decision. Now, what are you going to decide? I think he, I think he made it in vogue to, 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 to take the bull by, by, by the horns and be like, nah, that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to sign a short year, a short term deal with some options. And I'm going to always keep it open because that, that keeps you in the leverage position. And LeBron, we know him as a shrewd businessman. And he's taking his NBA career in the same way, where almost every other basketball player is going to sign the long-term deal for the most amount of money. That's not Bron's MO. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, super teams have been here, man. And... and now they just decide. The players decide. And I'm okay with that. It's better for the NBA. These have been the highest rated finals since, uh, I, I want to say, uh, Michael Jordan finals. That is correct. 
So, you know, like it's great for the NBA. And now look at all of the movement that we're happening in the summertime. The NBA is owning this time right now. That's the only thing you could talk about. The NFL, NFL what? Look at all these guys getting traded <laughs> here. Lonzo Ball story. Like, like this right now is what all of that creates. So I love it. It, cre- it LeBron created it when he went to um, Miami. Boston created it when they traded for Ray Allen and KG. So, so it's always been here, man. It has always been here. It has always been. Uh, you mean to tell me that Portland team with Steve Smith, Scottie Pippen, Damon Stoudemire, uh, Arvita Sabonis, Brian Grant, Bonzi Wells, and Rasheed Wallace is not a super team? That's not a super team to you? Man, man, come on. Shaq face. Shaq oh face. man, uh, what, what about you, Ken? You tripping, uh, Ken. <laughs> what about nah, you? Nah, you tripping, man. You Come on, tripping. rap quick. You you trying to play like word games, man? You trying to play play games with the people, man? You're not you're not being okay. genuine with the people, Speak man. Speak on it, Ken. Like like <laughs> yeah, there there's always been great teams, and see throughout this whole season, people have been talking about oh, there you know what's the difference between. You know the 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 GMs putting the team together versus the player making a decision to to go. Yeah, LeBron was the decision, but KD is an elite player who decided to cheapen the championship process by going to Golden State, a seventy three and nine team, therefore creating a super team, a team that no one has a chance of beating. Not even the best player in the world who had to put up. Herculean efforts to even get a game. A game. And now you're trying to tell me that super teams have always been here? No, there have always been great teams that have been dynasties. But when we're talking about a super teams, we're talking about essentially superheroes banding together on one team coming to play. They're great individually. Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Wolverine, the Hulk. The Thor, Captain America, they all have their this own went DC tomorrow. They all yeah, have I, I noticed because that. they're all superheroes. They all have their own individual movies, but you know what happens? They come together to be a super team when they're the Avengers or the Justice League. That's the difference. Uh, 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 oh, and, and and other so, things. Wait, wait, hold is, on. Is, is, so, so by your logic, the only super team ever is these Golden State Warriors. No. Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were were ballers. I disagree with what LeBron is saying. LeBron flat out lying. Okay. LeBron yeah. don't want to take blame for getting his ass kicked in the finals. That that's all that is. He's trying to deflect. Everybody's trying to deflect, and 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 and, and, and that's what he's trying to do, bro. You created the super team. This is he you. He didn't create. All right. I, I, I got him. People. I got I'm sorry. I, I got he didn't create the super team. Boston did that when they decided to go out and make all you know when they when they KG because somebody had to get Paul Pierce had to get on get on the phone with KG and Ray Allen and be like yo look, we need to make this happen and then it happened and they were demolishing everybody. Okay, B, quit lying to the people, Ralph. <laughs> B, what about you, man? Um, super teams. Uh, do you think that they're here to stay? And and do you think LeBron has ever played on a super team? Yeah, LeBron play on the super team. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to FIFO's point, see, and it's funny you 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 mentioned it, FIFO. I was watching. You know, I'm pretty sure I don't know if everyone watched the Lakers, the thirty for thirty. Yeah, I saw that. Lakers versus Celtics. 
Yeah, the difference is back then. Yeah, GMs were were you know they were the 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 head honchos when it came to because like when Red Auerbach how he was like moving and grooving to, to like get certain picks or like get certain trades to get players there, man. Like that people didn't think that were gonna pan out, and Red Auerbach saw that. Like GMs were really GMs back then. Like they was really orchestrating teams, mm-hmm. put together the right the right pieces together. For those teams to be dynasties or win multiple championships or whatever, where like now, like people said, players are starting to be in control, and I think a lot of people are a lot of people are so used to, you know, people like myself or Ken or whatever or you know my other friends so used to seeing smart GMs make smart moves and you know and making the right moves for their teams so their teams can be successful for for multiple years and not just a one year pan out thing and let it go. Now this year we see, I mean, now in the current NBA. We're seeing more teams saying, hey, look, no, I want to go there. I want to play there, or I want to play there, or I want to play there. So, you know, it's just the thing now. It's just the GMs in control back then. Now the players in control. It's just more so of what you what you prefer or if you just want to just get adjusted to. Um, but, yeah, LeBron, you played on a super team, bro. Like, don't don't <laughs> When you joined Miami Heat, of course, there wasn't a 73-win team. There was a, a first-round exit playoff team when he joined them. But you was joining a player at that time that was easily top five in the league in Dwayne Wade, and Chris Boss was top three at his position at that time. So and he bro, called Melo. He tried right. to get Melo too. Right. So you 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 play on a super team, Brown. Like don't deny that, Brown. You play on a super team. But I mean, yeah, it's always been super teams. It's just been well, not really. Let's say super teams. You just had a couple of them, but they was all orchestrated by the GMs, the GMs and the presidents, the ones that made the smart move. Because you know they were. Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, I was just saying because hell, even Isaiah said if Jordan would have wanted to come play with the Pistons, yeah, they would have hated it. But guess what? He'd have been like, "Yo, what's up, my man? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pistons." But Isaiah also said he wouldn't have joint. He wouldn't have joint no Celtics or Lakers or Bulls, you know. But he said if Bird and Magic and them one or Jordan wanted to come to the they Pistons, want to play with Isaiah. Right. I mean, he, he just said like if, if they no, would. I, like, I know. Hey, I mess with you. Pistons. Yeah, you know, like Isaiah would welcome them with open arms. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I just think GMs were in control more in control back then compared to now. But LeBron, you 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 lying to yourself, bro. <laughs> and, and the GMs were like uh, Charles Xavier, right? Because right. Charles Xavier went out and and found all the mutants to put on his team. Right. You right. know, he went out. You know that that's what they were. They were the X Men. Yeah, he he knew he knew what goons he wanted to get. He know he wanted they they knew what superstar they wanted to have, what defensive player they wanted to have. Like they they orchestrated that. You know what I'm saying? Where now players are in control. I feel like Ken is giving a a, a minor history lesson here in Marvel and DC Comics. Um, I know, right? <laughs> Starlet, uh, what about you? Uh, well, do, do you think that uh, the super teams are here to stay? And do you think that LeBron has played on the super team? Um, yes and yes. I ne- <laughs> that when I heard that statement, I I was at work and I've never yelled at a TV in front of people at my job. But I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Like I just went off. Like I lost it. Like is he serious? Like he he didn't he didn't invent the super team. Like he didn't by any means. But like y'all said, like I think now where before it was the GMs putting together great teams. Like, I, when I think super team, originally what came to my mind was the 1996 Bulls. But, like, with 
these players coming together, now players are making their own trades. Like, they know their worth. Like, they're calling the shots more than the GMs. And with, yeah, with Miami, that was definitely a super team. Like, they had that unlocked. But my thing is, like, are, is it even fair anymore? Because like you said, with the series, it kind of was like once Durant was in, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is a done deal. Like, where can we go from here? Like, the best team against the best player in the world, you know? So it's like, I don't even think super teams are kind of even fair, but you kind of can't stop them either. But, yeah, he definitely was just trying to, like, brush it over, be like, oh, yeah, we lost. They shouldn't have even won the one the game they won. Whatever. <laughs> no, they shouldn't have. It was rigged because NBA oh. is a business. That game, but, game five anyway. was rigged when they didn't call that foul on KD. Are you kidding? Okay, we ain't even see anyone. <laughs> right. She, she had like, wait a minute. Well, Skip Bayless, you know it and I know it. Oh, no, man. they should it. They should have won in four. It should have been a done deal. They just needed that one more game for the money. It's all about the money, baby. And, I mean, they got it, but whatever. I don't think I think if these super teams are going to keep continuing the way they are, it's almost going to make the the series at the end of it like just kind of boring, like null and void. Like we're already going to know what's going to happen. I think um, for, first and foremost, I, I, I agree a thousand percent with FIFO. Super teams have been around forever. Um, so for all of you listening, shameless plug coming up right here for all of you listening to this podcast. When you finish listening to this podcast, go check out my latest podcast. It's called the 12 Kyle Podcast. I did a podcast called Super Teams in the NBA Are Not New. So just it's on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you can find a podcast is there. Uh, it's called NBA Super Teams in the NBA Are Not New. What I did was I, I based it on just a couple of criteria. Uh, you got to have at least three all-stars on the team. Right to be to be considered to be a super team, of those all stars, they have to be an all star within that period of time, or have been an all star before, between a one to three year period. Just on that on that criteria alone, Kenneth, I found I found thirteen teams, and I started with nineteen eighty and came on down because that's when I started watching basketball in nineteen eighty. So and so it starts first with the L A Lakers. The Lakers that ran from 1981 to 1989. That was a super team. They had five all five guys who had made the all-star team. So, you know, and there's, and there's no knock on it. Now, like FIFO said, the difference is nowadays, you know, the players are making the decisions. And that's why the, the question about LeBron is very intriguing as far as 2018. Because <laughs> for all we know, LeBron could be making call, phone calls right now to CP3 and Carmelo or whomever, hey, man, you know, I'm really looking at L.A. next year. Why don't you come play with me? I mean, like, we've heard the rumors and, and it's pretty much been confirmed about how Draymond Green was openly recruiting Kevin Durant during that 73-9 and nine run. And they're playing against him and he's openly recruiting. I'm not, he's not doing it, you know, in front of people, but, you know, backdoor channels. These guys, they hang out together. They're friends. They, you know, they kick it like that. So, I agree 100% with FIFO. So go and listen to the podcast. I give you 13 teams that were super teams, and one of which was the Miami Heat-led, uh, you know, super team that LeBron had. So, and, and I've even, <laughs> even a funny thing, in doing some research for the podcast, I saw where a Golden State fan tried to make a case that this current team was not a super team because 
three of their four all-stars were drafted by the team. Now that's rare. Most teams don't draft this kind of talent, you know. So to Golden State's credit, yeah, they did draft Curry. They did draft, you know, Draymond. Mm-hmm. They did draft uh, Clay Thompson. But come on, man. You went from 73-9, and nine, and then you got the second best player in the league. Now, like Starlet said, it's it's almost to the point where it's not fair to some degree. Right. But super teams, are they're not going anywhere. And like FIFO started by saying, they've always been here. You know, we just didn't call them super teams, but those 80s Celtics, there's even a couple of super teams that I name on the podcast that you probably don't even consider to be a super team, like the 94-95 uh, Orlando Magic. So listen to the podcast. I make some compelling cases for all of these teams being super teams. If you have an issue with it, hit me up. I'll be more than happy to defend my my point. But, nah, super teams are here to stay. And LeBron is crazy. And I think he's deflecting if he thinks that he doesn't play. I mean, he's on a current, he's on a super team now. Um, with the ratings being as high as, as it is, I think, you know, like people say, I, nothing's going to change. I mean, Paul George is setting himself up to where he can either be in a place where he can recruit guys to come. I mean, we've seen it happen. We've seen Kobe do it. We've seen, you know, the, the greatest players do it. So, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think it's necessarily bad for basketball. The players, while they have a little bit of leverage, they're going to use that leverage to their advantage. Where I think players 20 years ago may have had some leverage, but they couldn't use the leverage the way that these players are doing it now. You know, these players are smart. They know how much money they're going to make. They know where they want to play. I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier. LeBron has interests off the court. He wants to one day become an owner, but, you know, I guess in his immediate retirement, he wants to take over Hollywood. And, I mean, he's done well thus far having, you know, only a small foot in the game. So, you know, these players, they they are very much business savvy. So, no, I'm not mad at them for wanting to maximize their marketing potential because keep in mind, at some point, LeBron James is going to, LeBron James and the likes of him and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, they're going to go from being these great players that they are to, you know, average players. At some, I mean, that's just, time takes that over. So you you have to maximize the the time and the efforts. And, you know, guys are trying to win rings. I get they, Guys are either trying to win rings or get paid or both. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Hey, I, yeah, you guys are driving me crazy. You guys know what contest that the word super team is being applied here. But Ken, I came is, up with thirteen not, teams. Thirteen. But but that that's with not at least three all stars, Ken. But that's not how they're defining super teams today. Like you said, that's they didn't call them super teams. We're talking about super teams in in, 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 in the context of players of today, of superstars of today going to play with each other each other on one team. That's the difference. That's why they're calling them super teams. Not that these great teams didn't exist. Not that these great teams that had via trade or, or via draft didn't acquire players that were all-stars that turned into a super team. We're talking about the players making the decision. What Raf talking about was like the decision. The decision here. Is 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 the key? Is the key element in in which we're defining but super? But team. what's the end result, though? The end result is you're playing on the team, right? But that that's but we're talking about how the teams are are the difference is 
not the results, but 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 the means and how the teams are are crafting and put together. Okay, so then that goes and, back and, to and this point. It's either the GM that's why or the players. Super teams. That's why they didn't call them super teams back in the day. They didn't, they didn't call them super teams because there wasn't social media to come up with this kind of dumb stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, y'all tripping. <laughs> this stuff tripping. was said in the barbershop. It's just, you know, everybody didn't have, you know, 20,000 followers back then. You know, there was no social media. So now you can come up okay. with, 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 the, with the definition for it. Go ahead, FIFO. So why aren't those other squads not super teams? Because because when when I hear the word super team and the way they they are they are are applying it to teams today, they're 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 applying it to teams that have superstars that were superstars on other teams that have carried their teams that have come together for one common goal, not drafted, not put together by the GMs that. That made a decision to to get on a team like Golden State before they got KD, they were not a super team. KD going to that team turned them into a super team. Minnesota, they had three All Stars. They had three All Stars by KD. They were super team. Yeah, they had three All Stars, but KD turned them into a super team. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Ken. So we weren't calling Golden State a super team before KD. I think so. I don't remember anybody saying that. We need to pull out the tape. Before they got KD. Ken, 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 wait, 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 hold on. How do you explain 73 and 9 and not being a super team, Ken? How how do you explain that? Who called them a super team? Last year, I think I think that's we, what I'm asking. Probably talking that, about nobody more. were calling them super teams last year. I think, I think they called more, them a super team this year. I think it's more semantics, though, Ken. But but what, what FIFA and I are saying is, when you look at the bottom line, at the end of the day, when you look at the players that they have, like, and I'm looking at this list, right? And I'm just going to give you another team that I talked about on the podcast: the '96 to '99 Rockets. That team had Charles Barkley, a former MVP, Scottie Pippen. Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler; those are one, two, three, four, four Hall of Famers. That was a super team. Now, was somebody calling them in 1999 a, a, a super team? No, because nobody had thought of this crazy term to give them. But that's what they were. And what did they get? Nothing. They didn't win a championship. They went 57 and 25, 41 and 41, and 31 and 19 in a strike-shortened season. That was hey, yo. It. B, didn't your Detroit Pistons get Adrian Dantley? Wasn't he an MVP of the NBA? They did, but I don't think I, I think that, that team only had, I think that team only had two All Stars at the time. So by my definition, mm-hmm. I wouldn't qualify them as as a super team only having two All Stars okay. in Dantley and Zeke. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, they were a great team. But yeah, he if I'm not mistaken, he was a former MVP. And this does include your Miami Heat, Ken. The D Wade led Miami Heat. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay. I, I said he, he played on the super team. I'm just saying that, yeah, it, it is some matches, but for me it's the it's it's, it's the way that the the word super team is applied. It is not that super teams quote unquote didn't exist. Like if you want to Define it another way. Yeah, you can go back. If you want to define it the way you're saying, hey, we had all these all-stars, this, that, and yeah, you can find super teams. But when you take a great team and then you take the second-best player and put it on that team, they become a super team. 
if 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 LeBron went to Minnesota with all their great young talent, that becomes a super team. Because I mean, you, you can know, put LeBron on just about any team, and they'll be a super. I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, him going to Miami, that was a super team. Right. And yeah. and you know, and, and in fairness, and not to not to just dump on LeBron. I mean, Kevin Durant has actually sidestepped the question as to whether or not this his team is is a super team, which I think is preposterous. Of course, it's a super team. Of course, it's a super and, team. And, and and that just shows how how soft he is. Why don't you just <laughs> own it, dog? Like you went to. Create your super team. You got your chip. You won at the end of the day. Be like, yep, I'm on the super team. And what? Come hey, get me. Come beat me. All I can say is just like 20, 25, 30 years ago, man, it ain't going to matter. Cause I, and trust me, when you, when you hear the podcast and you hear me rattle off some of these teams, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. But, you know, it's not going to matter because these teams won. And at the end of the day, as fans, that's all we care about. Uh, the Clippers are exploring getting rid of um, – uh, DeAndre Jordan, did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw that while we were um, Jerry West on the move already. Uh, nothing's imminent, they're, but they're yeah, they're fielding they, calls, which which is going to be interesting. So that's going to be an interesting story to watch. If I'm Boston, I'm exploring DeAndre Jordan. Work. Yeah, because yeah. think about the future assets they got. Right, like like what 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 the Clippers may want. Is going to be future assets, right? Like we, we like we, got, you gotta draft guys. I always say it. Like you could buy your team or you could draft your team. I rather draft my team because I know what I'm getting. And Boston has that. So if you fuck DeAndre Jordan next to an Al Horford, next to a Gordon Hayward, next to a potentially Jimmy Butler, and hey, I don't know what Cleveland gonna do, but Cleveland is not beating that. I, I, and we know how deep Boston is already. So mm-hmm. if you let go of a of a Jay Crowder or a man, oh man, I I think a team like that can make it out of the East, especially close like uh, Brad Stevens. The Lakers tried to trade the number two pick for to the Kings for the fifth and tenth pick or something like that. Um, yeah, number fives and number tens. Um, according to a couple of reports, they have a path to Paul George. Possibly giving up the twenty-seven and twenty-eight pickets, uh, picks to get him, but the interesting thing for me that stood out is the fact that they're still trying to get rid of this number two pick. <laughs> Ralph, you are a firm believer in Lonzo Ball. Ugh. Why are they doing this, dog? Like they even Lonzo about like that anymore? I think that Magic is just being a shrewd businessman. He's trying to keep all options open, um, and. I don't know why they're not all the way sold on Lonzo. But you just got a real D'Angelo Russell, right? D'Angelo yeah. Russell was moved. Exactly. So so here's the thing. I was watching Colin about a week or so ago, and he said something that, you know, obviously I'm not in the industry that way, but it was it, it made a lot of sense. A lot of these teams let you know what they want you to know. Right. It's out there that the Lakers didn't like Lonzo. It was out there that the Lakers weren't all the way sold on Lonzo. It's out there that they're still trying to shop the number two pick. But then you know Russell. So actions and words, huh? So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go by the actions, man. You're not going to get rid of a point guard not to draft a point guard. I, I, that don't make no sense. If you don't draft Lonzo, right, or if you go another route, it is what it is. But you don't trade D'Angelo Russell and not thinking about taking another point guard. That That's all I'm saying. Um, 
Moving on to our final topic, man. Big major boxing news uh, went down this past weekend. The date has been set. Conor McGregor and Floyd Money Mayweather are set to uh, battle and duke it out, man. Um, It's coming up in August. Uh, The boxing match is set. Uh, Conor McGregor from MMA fame and the semi-retired Floyd Money Mayweather, who is undefeated, uh, will dance in the square circle, man. So you got a guy who (laughs) fights, I guess, if you want to call it for a living, and a boxer. Uh, Starlet. Yes. Do you care that this fight is happening? And how do you think it's going to go? I care so much. Really? Oh my gosh, I cannot stand Mayweather. I really (laughs) hope McGregor knocks the crap out of him. Do I think it's likely? No. Okay. Do I think Mayweather will destroy him? Probably so. Just because I feel like McGregor's going to want to go for those illegal moves. Like, it's in his nature. Like, boxers, they're used to, like, putting their face forward so that, like, the hits a less of an impact. McGregor's going to be like, why is he giving me his face? And, like, elbow him. It's going to happen. And they're going to get called. But, like, the way I see it is, either way, this is a huge payday for McGregor. He would never make almost 100 mil doing MMA. So he's, you could beat me up for $100 million. I don't care. I'll take a hit for Mayweather. Like, you could beat the crap out of me. So, like, all I'm saying is I I hope McGregor gets wins. I hope he takes him down. I don't think as many people care. I just really can't stand Floyd. So I was so hyped when I saw that this fight was coming up. But I do think it's going to be in Floyd's favor because it's what he does. So, you know, it is what it is. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, It's set, man. Um, McGregor Mayweather, man. Do you care that this fight is happening? And uh, how do you think it's going to go? I honestly don't care. Um, you know, I, I, I'm happy for Mayweather and McGregor to make this money. Um, you know, it, it's bigger than Pacquiao money. So, so, you know, I already know that's how Floyd's thinking. I know that's why he agreed to it. So I, I'm cool with it. Um, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Am I going to watch? I'm going to watch because for me, pound for pound, Mayweather has been one of the best fighters I've seen fight. And for him to go against this guy, this MMA guy, Starlet's right. Like, his natural instinct is going to be interesting to see how he tempers that into Mm -hmm. being a boxer. You know what I'm saying? So, let's say if he, I I don't know, like, we know he got power. What if he does catch Floyd? This is so interesting. All I know is is that I'm taking the odds on McGregor. I think they're 7-1 to right now. Right. Everybody's betting on McGregor to knock him out. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so I'm betting two hundred. I'm trying to get fourteen hundred. I'm trying to flip something. <laughs> Ken, what about you, man? Uh, do you care about this fight, man? We 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 talked before about it. And we didn't think it was act, would actually see the light of day, but it's it's going down in in the month of August, man. Do you care, and how do you think it's going to go? Well, I you know I don't I don't uh, care about this fight. I don't care about Floyd. Uh, dashing man Mayweather <laughs> at at all. Um, you know, um, I, I hope McGregor McGregor catches him and 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 puts him out. Forty nine and one would be hella interesting. Uh, Fifty one would be kind of crazy, but you know, it's easy to go. You know, to get a win if you're gonna stay in the court and put gloves up in front of your face and duck and dodge the whole mm-hmm. round. Um, but 
you know, that's what he does. It got him to 49 and 0. I guess you can't knock the hustle. But either way, man, what I found interesting about this whole thing, though, is how we got from where we were to here. Mm-hmm. And and watching this play out and watching the media and everybody have all of these debates and conversations and topics and just really hike this thing up to to where we are today to the point where it's actually happening. Almost to the like when I'm thinking about it, I was like, man, did they already have this in mind and they just played us played everybody until they got it to where they wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like For sure. it felt like For sure. they met in some back room. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. Um but yeah, I mean I'll I'll, I'll watch somewhere illegally, maybe on a, a, a fire stick or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh our resident boxing expert, my man BZ four thirty, man. Uh, give us your take, man. Do you care and how do you think this one's gonna go? The only fight I'm looking forward to is Canelo and Triple G. Right, um, you've been talking about that for a minute. This, this is this is one big huge circus, man. I, I do I do not. I'm like Ken. I, I do not. I don't. I watch this for free or something like that. I do not plan on spending sixty seventy dollars to watch this. The hype is going to be more real than the actual fight itself. I mean, the hype okay. of it, the whole anticipation of it, the fact that people really think that Conor McGregor. It can beat Floyd Mayweather is freaking insane. It's, that's, that's one thing. I can't believe people are really entertaining that thought. Um, you know, that, that oh, man, Kyrie might have a chance. Oh, man, oh, my goodness. He can. No, he's not going to have a shot. <laughs> I agree with Teddy Alice, man. He said for Connor to even have a chance, he has to train for boxing for like six to seven years in order to have a shot. <laughs> Damn. Dude is coming out. <laughs> This dude is coming out, and this is someone who's been in life boxing his whole life. And he was like, for Conor to win, Conor has to train for five to six, seven more years to, to even have a chance against Mayweather. And this dude just coming out the octagon thinking he can beat Floyd Mayweather because Floyd Mayweather trash-talked the UFC some years ago or whatever. So, hey, Conor, you, mm. you want this fight? You want to step in this ring against against Mayweather? And, and look who's about to have it, man. You just, you, all you're going to do is get schooled. Um, it's gonna go a whole. It's gonna be a whole twelve round. Mayweather picking him apart, born, uh, um, you know, fast. So it you Mayweather's, think it's going that far? Yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna go a decision. Okay. And, and no, no one's getting knocked out. Mayweather's not gonna. Knock, I think Mayweather's gonna embarrass him. I think he's just gonna embarrass him. Like how he embarrassed Canelo when he fought Canelo Alvarez. Like how he was just just picking him. He was just picking him apart. Mm-hmm. And every time Canelo tried to get in and get aggressive, nope, 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 nope. So that's all that's gonna happen. Mayweather's just going to be picking him apart. We're just going to be looking at it, laughing at it. Look how he's catching him. Look how he's catching him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He's just going to be catching him every time with them jabs. He's going to counter the heck out of McGregor. Conor McGregor. Because you know Conor going to try to come in aggressive like how Ricky Hatton did. And uh, look what happened with that. I mean, Mayweather was just countering him, picking him apart. So that's all it's going to be. It's going to be a counter fest. That's all it's going to be. Um, like I said, the hype is going to be more more real than the fight itself, man. The anticipation and the whole weigh-in and the whole promoting the fight. Because Conor McGregor, he can promote the hell out of a fight. And I think, that's, yeah, I think that's another reason why Mayweather went with this, too. Because like people said, it's going to be way more money he's going to make than when he fought Pacquiao. And that was the highest at that at that time. So, yeah. It's, it's, and then plus, Mayweather don't have to do no promoting the fight. Conor McGregor gonna do all the promoting. Perfect. It's just circus, man. It's just one big circus. It's just that's all it is. We all know. It's, we all know the end result. Soon it happened. 
people gonna be saying the same thing. Oh man, that was such a boring fight. Right. Oh man, he, he was no match for Mayweather. Why did why Mayweather make these dudes look so average? Look, it's just gonna be the same thing, the same story. So I'm just looking forward to Canelo and Triple G because I want to know what what Triple G gonna, G gonna do against a a boxer slash slugger slugger. So in Canelo Everett. So that's all I'm looking forward to. I can care less about this Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight. No doubt, no doubt. I th- I think um, I don't know, man. I I, I don't care. I I, I stop. I've never been a fan of MMA or anything like that. Um, definitely not a fan of Floyd Mayweather's. You know, I respect what he's done in the ring, but um, I, I don't care. I think what what was what, what fight was that we watched at your house? Be was that impact? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I made a I made a Pick promise. Part. Picked him apart. Yeah, but it was remember, just a remember how we were sitting and we were like, oh man. His shoulder was hurt. No, boo, boo, BS. <laughs> they were the, Pacquiao was was throwing them flurries like like he like he was one hundred and fifty percent. But we would because if he but, stopped throwing his if he if he stopped punching it it hurt even, no. even more. How come it wasn't an injury report then? Because he claimed that he hurt it while he was while he was training before you go into a fight. You have to fill out. Bernard Hawkins explained it so perfectly. Before you go into a fight, you have to fill out all your pre-existing injuries before you even before fight night. Right. That wasn't in the fight night uh, paperwork, so he wasn't injured. Yeah, I I just remember sitting there, and I remember we we shot a video for Dead End Sports on our um, YouTube channel. We shot a video right after the uh, fight was over. And I and I just kind of made a promise to myself, like, yo, I'm not doing this again. Not so much as shooting a video, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not sitting through another one of these dudes' fights. So I'm not even interested in, you know, uh, I'm not even interested in watching it for free. Now, if somebody had a party and they had drinks, maybe. And I, I can't even say it. I'm probably not going, man. I just, I don't care. I think, you know, this fight will go as long as Floyd wants it to go. Because I think Floyd knows that, you know, he, he can take. He can end the fight at any moment when he wants to. I mean, will he knock him out? Probably, or like you said, be he'll, he'll probably just embarrass him more than anything yeah. else. Um, and I think what the draw is, and, and people in Vegas are, are betting on the fact that uh, he's going to knock him. Out, excuse me, that um, that he has a puncher's chance basically to knock Floyd out, and that's why people are betting their money on uh, their huge bets being placed on him knocking out Floyd Mayweather. Uh, but you can't, you know, we all say it's, it's hard to even hit Floyd, let alone knock him out. So uh, I, I don't care. Um, I don't I, I I understand why there's some appeal to it, but I, I could care less. It, it, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but no, I'm not. I, I'm not in the least bit interested in this fight. And I think it it'll go. I think Floyd's going to win and I think it'll go as long as Floyd wants it to go. Now, if we're talking about a fight between Floyd and T.I., that. I would be interested. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> uh, it is time for our final thoughts uh, segment where we close out this, the podcast with our closing thoughts, thought for sports or anything that you want to talk about. Uh, so first up, my man, BZ430. B, what you got? Um, hey, just like we talked about before, um, Tiger Woods is finally admitting. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> What? I knew you were going to Tiger. How you know I was going to Just know you. Be quiet. Be quiet. Um, yeah, man, Tiger Woods is going to uh, go in for what? Rehab? Alcohol, for alcoholism? Um, I think. For alcohol. Um, he, I told y'all, man. He, he, he's about to hit that rock bottom. He, he knows. He, he, he has to. 
I think he came to a point to where he, he his kids at some point must have saw him in a bad in a bad spot, and he was like, "Okay, I got to get help for my family." And I think this is this is that Rodham man. This is why he's at this rock bottom. Even though he is done, Ken, he's done. But he's he, not done. He's done. He's not winning no more majors, man. It's a wrap. He's done. He's finished. But um, yeah, man. I, I just want to say, yeah, kudos to Tiger Woods for admitting that he needs he needs to get help, and he's trying to get help and trying to. You know, better his situation or whatever condition or whatever he's going through right now. He's trying to better it. So I just want to, that's my final thought. I just want to commend him for finally opening his eyes and realizing that he's, 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 in a, he's in a bad spot. And I hope he does get better. And I hope he does get back to the, you know, limelight or somewhat of a limelight in the world. Um, but, you know, according to Ken, he's not done. He's done. <laughs> also, too, I saw an Instagram video of Serena Williams still practicing her tennis while pregnant. I hope she comes back. <laughs> And I hope she gets two or three more majors so she can be the all-time major champion of all tennis, all eras, open era or not, man. So I, when I saw that, I was like, wow, Serena is freaking practicing. She is coming for y'all head. That girl that won that won the French Open, she better be happy. And she better be happy that, she, that Serena's not going to be in the Wimbledon in a couple of weeks. So, yes, I, I love it, man. I, I just love seeing greatness. And Serena is going – she's going to be on that – Mount Rushmore of like athletes, man, like all time. So I'm glad I saw that. So that's all I want to say. Tiger Woods. I'm gonna print out that. Uh, I'm gonna print out that Tiger Woods mugshot and dresses him for Halloween. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. Do it, people. What's your closing thought, man? Man, the NBA. You guys own the summertime. Like this is why. I lo- this is why I love the NBA. It's not only about what happens on the court; it's also what happens off the court. We now we truly have a rivalry with Golden State and, and, and LeBron James. Let's just be honest. Whatever team he's on, you know that's who he's going to see. Um, and him and Draymond. We got GMs getting fired. We got Jimmy Buck. Paul George, K Love talk. Like, you know, it, 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 it's just so amazing. It's so amazing, um, this game of basketball. The opportunities it's given me, um, the, the, the joy and everything I, I have for it. That's why I love Summer League, man. I, I, I Like, it just makes me reflect, you know, have so, so many memories. You know, I'm just traveling down memory lane. I know I'm rambling. <laughs> but um, that's what I thought, man. I just love the NBA, and you should too. That's a great point because, to be honest, there has not been a dominating NFL story, you know, this whole week. That's a great point. Point. What about you, uh, Ken? Major League Baseball, you guys have a potential star in a kid named Cody Bellinger. Take Mm -hmm. advantage of it now. This kid brought up um, to take – uh, Adrian Gonzalez plays for about a week when he went on the 10-day DL and eating homers out the park ever since. He's been playing so good, they couldn't even sit him down. Um, he has 21 homers. I think the the fastest um, to 21 homers a, as a rookie up there um, with, ah, I can't think of the, some of the guys they named. Um, I think Miguel Cabrera was one. Um, and if you guys know anything about baseball, you know he was um, back in the day. He still can hit. He still can hit. This kid has loads of talent, and now is the time to – because nobody's talking about you guys. Nobody's talking about baseball. Nope. Right. And you guys have a guy that's actually doing something that's interesting. And he's – so now is the time to do it. 
You guys, it's about to be your season. Get behind this guy and see what you can do. Right now, nobody cares about you, and you need to change that. Great point, great point. What about you, Starlet? Your final thought. Yay. Um, (laughs) Knicks, if you're listening, stop talking about trading for Zingas. Just build a team around him. He's young, he's talented, and it would be stupid and completely ridiculous for you to trade him now. That's just much on that. And for the women fans listening in sports, be vocal. You can love sports and talk about it and still be a girl. Just look at me. I'm very feminine once you get to know me. <laughs> just shoot the shit with the guys on Twitter. Look at me now. All I did was go back and forth. If you're willing to debate and you have an opinion, they'll listen. So that is my final thought. Thank hey, you very much. That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> um, my final thought is, uh, you know, normally – for some people, and I haven't had this happen to me personally, but normally for some people, they get excited when they have a family member or a loved one or a friend who's in jail and they get notification that they're coming home. Um, we got notification today that uh, O.J. Simpson is set to have a parole hearing uh, as early as October 1st. Uh, O.J. Simpson, as you know, is serving a he served more than eight years of a nine to 33 year sentence uh, when he was found guilty of armed robbery, kidnapping, and other charges stemming from uh, armed robbery memorabilia shop. And he, OJ, called himself basically stealing his own stuff. So, you know, you would think they're going to get excited about OJ coming home. Um, OJ never coming home. He's 70 years old next month. Um, I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but OJ ain't never coming home. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, now, whether or not you think he killed his ex-wife and her friend, Ron Goldman, that's you know another story for another day. But uh, it'll be a cold day in hell before they let O.J. out of jail. Trust and believe that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us, for Ken, for B, for FIFO, my man Q who called in, and our guest host this week, Starlet Hill. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Thank you for checking out another edition of The Place Where Sports Opinions Collide. You have listened to another edition of Dead End Sports. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Bye.